I felt like everywhere we went, people bought beers and food for us. So uh, even for my mom and dad, my mom and dad would call me and be like, hey, someone paid for a meal today. I'm like, oh, that's nice. So, uh, you know, St. Louis fans held to their uh, truth there. They'll never have to buy a beer in the city ever again. So it's been good. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Sports Plus Podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with Andy Moeller and Ahmad Hicks. We got uh, another potpourri today, as, as Andy uh, coined it the other day. Quite a bit to talk about. Uh, let's get right into the big story today, though. You heard right off the top, that was, of course, Pat Maroon on how uh, he really didn't have to pay for a whole lot this summer in St. Louis, and rightly so as a Stanley Cup champion. Tonight, we're recording this on Tuesday. He's back in town with the Lightning for the first time as a visitor as a Stanley Cup champion. Um, and over at practice today, that was pretty much the only thing anybody was talking about. It was exciting, and uh, Maroon was great as usual in the locker room. Uh, his whole family was there again today watching practices. Actually, so I don't know how they timed this out. It was the dad's trip for the Lightning. So Pat's dad didn't have to go anywhere. He just <laughs> came down to he the ring. He got chipped out of a trip. Well, he's going. they're also going to Chicago. He said, so they're going to Chicago tonight, but he just got to stay here for the first one, and uh, his travel just consisted of driving to the rink, which is kind of funny. But they were all there, everybody just warm, mushy feeling, you know, bringing back Stanley Cup memories. Uh, it was fun. He was meeting up with some old teammates on the ice. They said they expect him to, to chirp them quite a bit out there tonight. He kind of, he's like, oh, well, we'll just be laughing quite a bit. You but, you know, not? I don't know. Once Come he gets on. out, hey, he's pat. Pat likes to play, you know, uh, pretty rough there, so I'm sure he'll have a, a few things to, to say to his teammates once the game gets going. The game <laughs> is 60 minutes long. I have a feeling Pat will be talking for about uh, two hours <laughs> before <laughs> the game and after the game. He, does, he doesn't stop talking. Uh, he has a motor mouth, but it's good when you're on his team and bad when you're going against Yeah, him. it's going to be a cool moment beforehand, too. Doug Armstrong's going to... They're going to present Pat with his championship ring, and he'll get a nice moment, and I'm sure they'll like spotlight the banner and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, it should be really cool, especially for all. I mean, this story, I mean, it's cool when a guy comes back. It's even cooler when a guy comes back who's won a championship. It's even cooler when a guy comes back who's won a championship who's from here. So this is kind of the ultimate, and this is that's why everybody loves it so much, because he's from here. I think the decibel meter will definitely need to be uh, be warmed up tonight to just uh, gauge how loud the ovation will be for him when his name is announced. As he said at the parade, I'm the hometown hero. Yeah, <laughs> he he played that he played that for all it was worth this summer. He wasn't lying. No. He wasn't lying. I mean, so I this is really all all anybody's talking about today, and I think it's just going back because he's from here and everybody just connected with him so much because he was waiting just like the rest of us all this time. Comes back on a one year deal. And that happens to be the year they win the Stanley Cup. It's just insane. And all of the crazy blues stuff, I think the Pat Maroon story is my favorite of anything that happened last year, honestly. Uh, it could be the best thing that's happened like in the last decade, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Maybe since the last, you know, the Cardinals' last World Series in 2011 with, with David, David Freeze. Freeze. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it checks all the boxes. Hometown hero, championship, um, you know, I mean. Come on, I I think I think Bennington is a is a little bigger, well, yeah. but, but obviously you Pat Maroon is a close second as yeah. far as what he was able to accomplish. Bennington is year. the the Bennington storyline is the craziest and just the most like historic, I guess. But my favorite is Pat Maroon yeah. because 
uh, who grew up here didn't dream of holding the Stanley Cup over their head someday, and he got to actually do it, which is crazy. And he said he still hasn't – he can't believe it either. Uh, he says maybe when I get the ring it will actually start hmm. to sink in, but he can't believe it either. I, I'm sensing a trend, though. 2011 with David Freeze, 2019 Pat Maroon. Uh, I, we just need a basketball team and Jason Tatum to move. Uh, we got till twenty twenty seven to do it, right? <laughs> every every eight years. Every eight years, we'll get a hometown kid bringing home a a, a trophy. He, Jason Tatum, did the like a uh, AMA on uh, Ask Me Anything online, and he made it like just how clear if there was a team here, he would like request a trade, oh, <laughs> and just sure. how much he would. <laughs> I mean, I think you can believe that be could be. Because of how much he considered going to SLU, you know, during yeah. his whole recruitment process, and no one thought he would even consider SLU over Duke and some of the other schools. So but, maybe, maybe that'll be the next hometown hero. So maybe. here's a, here's the thought. Then we have until 20, 2027 to get it done. Uh, Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum both mm. on a St. Louis mm. NBA team. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm. That'd be a lot of fun. It'll, let's not get let's not get ourselves yeah, yeah let's <laughs> okay, not get I'll ourselves wake too excited now. here. It'll never happen. So November nineteenth, also a year to the day, Mike Yo was fired, rep- replaced by Craig Berube. It's like eleven o'clock at night. Some late breaking news. Um, nobody, I don't think, was too surprised. The no. Blues were last in the West when Yo was fired. Eventually, they were the worst team in all of hockey in the beginning of January. We all know what happened. Uh, but Craig Berube, it's hard to imagine anybody else being the coach of this team now. He's just so connected to all these guys and the run. It's just you can't say Craig Berube, or you can't say Blues without Craig Berube now. Yeah, and you see him just holding these guys accountable. I was watching the game the other night, and you see him laying it to Robert Thomas when he's coming to the bench uh, shortly after that Jaden Schwartz penalty, and it just lets you know that that guy does not play around. He doesn't ma- It doesn't matter who you are, and even at practice, I mean, He's laying into everybody. He's dropping F-bombs left and right. He's just like, <laughs> he's that coach that you want your kids to play for because you know he's yeah. going to make them a better player. You know, what's what's interesting is Frank talked to Kelly Chase today, and Chase, you know, just kind of summed it up perfectly. He goes, you know, there's not a whole lot of common sense out there anymore, or common sense is not really common these days, mm-hmm. I think was how he put it. But Barubi is different. He gets it, you know. Yep. He's very plain spoken in, in what his expectations are. You know exactly where you stand. Yeah. If there's a problem, he's going to let you know about it. And usually, it it, it, it involves uh, your rear end uh, meeting yep. meeting the bench. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the chief. There's uh, <laughs> a reason. There's no nonsense, and it's just crazy. If we would have been talking like a year and a month ago, oh, Craig Berube's going to lead the Blues to a championship, and then he's going to be here for another three years. Craig Berube, I don't even know who that. Oh, he's the assistant coach. Oh, okay, sure, I'll take it. It's just crazy how quick all of this can happen. And I mean, he's off to a good start this year. He's got that contract. He could really build something pretty special, special here going forward. It certainly looks like they're set up that way. You know, and that's that's the usually the question that comes around with with coaches because their shelf life generally is not real long because eventually the players start tuning the message out. It seems to me it would be kind of hard for players to tune, you know, his message yeah. out because he's, you know, he's pretty plain spoken and you know and isn't probably isn't afraid to get in your face. So, uh, I hope uh, I hope he's the the counter to you know to that theory and we got a nice long run with him. Oh, he's definitely not afraid to get in their faces. I think he thinks he can take anybody on that team. Still. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> he probably I, could. I wouldn't bet against <laughs> exactly. him. Exactly. 
I don't want to say it's too early to say the D word as in dynasty. dynasty. Oh, you see, dynasty. It's a, it's a little too early for that, but it's certainly fun to think about. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you have a coach who pushes his guys, and then you look at the team that he's surrounded by. You have Jordan Bennington, and what did Cam Jansen say during the playoff run last year? How do you win a Stanley Cup by having the best goalie in the league? And he said that the Blues have the best goalie. Then you have guys like Vladimir Tarasenko. Robert Thomas, hopefully Clem Costin can, you know, step up to the plate. You just look at the talent surrounding the Blues right now. How, Why can't yeah. they become a dynasty, you know? Why be, can't they? It would be pretty fun. Right. Um, salary cap now. Hell yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the pin to the balloon is that, you know, eventually you're not going to be able to keep everybody and you're going to have to be really well, sharp and shrewd which ones you keep, which ones you don't, and how do you replace them. We might see that sooner than later with Alex Petrangelo. Um, all right, let's move on a little bit here, talk some college hoops. Slu, who we were all pretty high on. I think we're all still pretty high on him. But uh, Sunday was rough, uh, to say the least, against number 12 Seton Hall, who's a really, really good team. Travis Ford said he thinks they're a Final Four contending team, which I think they are as well. Slu lost 83-66. to 66. Uh, Andy and I were talking about this a little bit. I haven't seen a mod since, since that game. Were we surprised it was that bad? No, not for me. I wasn't Neither either. was he. I, no. I, I felt like this is a very young team. I mean, yeah. this, is, this is a team with only one senior, only a handful of juniors that have played. Um, I think they needed that. As they said today at practice, they all said that was our wake-up call. That was our humble pie. You know, we needed that slap in the face to see how good we really are. And I'll allude to what you were just saying. Travis Ford said that he not only thinks that's the Final Four teams, he thinks that's one of the best teams in the nation. He said that there are a bunch of top ten teams and he does not think that a lot of those top 10 teams can compete with Seton Hall yeah. the way Michigan State did the other night. So I think that was a good measuring stick for them. Like, hey, all right, we got our butts handed to us. You know, that was a tough loss. But, no, if we shoot free throws better, if we play defense from the jump and don't get down 17-3, to you have a really good well, chance. So, I mean, I never thought SLU was going to win. But I thought the building would at least – play to the the moment a little bit and be a little more exciting early in the game. But Seton Hall just jumped on, snuffed it out right away. We didn't even get – I mean, the fans tried – I mean, the student section really tried because this was a huge matchup. It was packed. Tried to get it going. But when you're down 17 to nothing after, like, five minutes, they, they came out flat. Well, and that's how, uh, that's how a team gets into the top ten and stays in the top ten is you, you – even if you're going into to their place, you you have a weaker team in front of you. You make sure they know from the outset that, that this is not going to be an easy game for them. You jump on them right from the and start. And then again, Miles Powell. I was just going to say. He played like an yeah. NBA prospect out there. I mean, and, Well, he hadn't done anything for when they went on that big run at the beginning. He really wasn't that involved. No. And then all of a sudden you look up and he's got like 25 points already. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, how did that happen so fast? I mean, I he's think, good. I think it's fine, though. I mean, I, you, you get that type of win. You, you get the reality check. You go back. You watch film. You have a game against High Point. Then you go on the road and you play a couple other teams. And. And then you still have a matchup with Auburn coming up and yeah. Kansas State. Those still can be your resume uh, resume wins right there. So I think that's the loss they needed early on. It's always good to suffer that loss early than later in the season. So you were at practice today talking about free throws. Slu, they, I mean, this has been a problem for SLU the last couple of years, and it's well documented just how bad they They were one of the worst teams in the country last year. They're looking like it again this year. Oh. 56%, 56% against Seton Hall, 23 for 41 and they lost by 17. Imagine if they make a few free throws. So so get this. Uh, Stu Duran posted this earlier, and he said that SLU is 53% on the season through four games, 
which ranks them 344th out of 350 teams when it comes nice. to free throws. And uh, <laughs> Travis Ford, who usually does not say anything to his team about free throws because he said it's a mental thing, he said he did approach them uh, after the game. He said he was not really happy. They missed 18 free throws, and they lost by 17 points. Yeah. So you do the math. They could have easily been in that game. But he said that he said something to them. They're going to try new things. But at this point, he said it's all mental, and he believes that it's contagious because he said Hassan French, who struggled from the line and went 4 for 12, yeah. he said yesterday at practice he made 85 out of 100 free throws. So he said it's something about just – when they get to the line, they're not mentally tough. And he said that's the problem. He said there's nothing he can tell them. He said he talked to them, but that doesn't mean that they're going to turn it around. But he said he has faith in them. He just doesn't know when they'll turn it around. And, and you know, he's really good at showing restraint because this is a coach who, as a player, was yeah. a 90% free throw shooter. Yes. He was automatic. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Slew has no problem drawing fouls. I mean, they got they went to the line 41 times. I mean, that's a Ridiculous! They got two of their they got two Seton Hall's big guys to foul out of the game, uh, so that could definitely be if they were a dominant free throw shooting team and they were still drawing that many fouls. Oh my gosh! I like to agree with what Ford said, and even some of the players we talked to, we talked to Demarius Jacobs and we talked to Jimmy Bell, and they both said it's all mental. They're like, there's nothing to do about these guys. They can't shoot. It's nothing physical. They said it's all a mental thing. I like to agree uh, agree to that. I'm not a Division One basketball player by any means, but in high school I had a rough patch where I was struggling, and my coach benched me after one, and he said, look, that's on you. He said, you're not locked in when you step up to that free throw line. He said, you can shoot them. You have to make them. And after that, I think I only missed like three free throws the rest of, rest of the season. Well, and this is the one This is the, the one point. They've recognized, okay, what do they say, you know, in the 12-step program or whatever, the first thing is to acknowledge <laughs> that, that you have a problem. A problem. Yeah. But now where do you go from here? You know, if yeah. they continue at this 56% pace, well, you're right. Like you said, Amon, yeah. it's on them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just their – usually when you think free throws, you think about, oh, your big guys are having trouble. It's everybody. It's everybody. I it's mean, everybody. Jordan Goodwin, Yuri Collins. I mean, nobody can shoot free throws right now. Normally, you want to have you know, kind of hide the bad free throw shooter. Yeah. You know, in this case, you get it. You know, late late in the season or whatever, or in conference tournament play or whatever. It's like, pick anybody. Pick yeah. a guy. Pick him. You know, it doesn't matter. Do I think they'll get it turned around? Absolutely. Like Coach Ford said, though, when that's anyone's guess. Yeah. Well, we all think we're all so pretty confident. They got, like you said, they've got a chance to. Uh, Get some wins that will be resume builders. Belmont here on Saturday, they're always a pretty good team. Kansas State and Auburn. So uh, not too down on SLU. No, pretty, no, they'll, they'll be fine. We, we knew this was coming. Yeah. Uh, they're still a fun fun team to watch, that's for sure. All right, let's uh, go west a bit. Let's take a break from the disappointment of Mizzou football and talk some <laughs> uh, Mizzou hoops, which they, they've been intriguing. I'm trying not to get too excited because every time I do, um, things don't work out. Uh <laughs> But Mizzou's 3-1 so far. They've got two wins over tournament teams, not big names or anything. No. Northern Kentucky, Wofford. But they both went through the tournament last year. Wofford uh, upset Seton Hall in the first round last year. Uh, they lost. Wofford lost their uh, tournament start. Fletcher McGee, though, the guy making all those three-pointers last year. I was about to say, this isn't last it's year. It's not the or... same team. But, hey, these are two tournament teams from a year ago. And they took number 21 Xavier to overtime on the road. And if they would have had a better play at the end of regulation, they might have won that game. So I, I'm uh, encouraged from what I see so far from Mizzou. I, I, they're fun to watch, too. Got, they play a lot of different guys. The two Smiths are a lot of fun. Drew Smith yeah. is a lot of He's fun. A I really wish he could have played last year. He's a guy that they really could have used last year. You're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I, like, I don't like to count my chickens before they hatch. Yeah. But Mizzou or 
any of their sports teams for that matter. <laughs> but uh, for basketball especially, I think it all it all falls on how well Jeremiah Tillman plays yeah. and if he can stay out of foul trouble. If that guy continues to average four fouls a game and fouls out of you know half their contest, they're not going to be a good team. Yep. They're just not. Well, he was in foul trouble against uh, Xavier, and they had to take him out right exactly. away. And they still ended up going overtime. So imagine if they would, wouldn't have had to take him so, out. So my thing is, as the competition gets tougher down the road, you're going to need your guy like Tillman to play you know, yeah. 30, 33 minutes and to stay out of foul trouble, get you some big blocks, big rebounds, and big buckets. If he's on the bench, who's down low going to get you that bucket? Right. You see that <laughs> the hesitation right there? That's what I'm saying. Nobody. If he if he's not staying out of foul trouble, Mizzou basketball has no chance to make the tournament. Yeah. Well, Joe Lenardi, first uh, bracketology out. Mizzou was in the first four really? teams out. Yeah. I, we're not paying attention to bracketology. Yeah, Illinois right now. was I think he had Illinois as a ten seed too, so <laughs> that should be interesting. And they're pretty good this year though. They are good. Uh Mizzou like uh SLU has a pretty good um non conference schedule coming up here. Butler Temple and bragging rights, which I'm really excited for. Mizzou trying to get a win streak here, mm-hmm. turn it the other way around. Hopefully, people show up uh, more this year. I think this basketball. Go ahead, Andy. Well, I no, I just I just noticed that it's a you know that it, it used to be a a prime time oh, yeah. marquee. ESPN. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now it's noon on the SEC network yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's not as uh, appealing for folks at home. Um, do I think this team can be good? Yeah. Do we all think that? Who knows? What do you guys think? Mizzou? Yeah. I think they'll challenge for a NCAA berth. I'm not going to say they're going to get one because I don't think – I don't know about that. I think they'll be on the little fringe there. I, I tend to agree. I, I think the Bragg and Rights game will be, will be a, good, a good measure of where they stand at this point, and I'll revisit at that point. Well, I'll tell you this. They're going to be better in the SEC than everybody picked see, them. I'm the, pretty confident yeah, in that. And that's what I was about to get to. They're the second to last, I think. There's not pick. one team in the SEC besides Auburn who you're like, wow. Well, Kentucky's really pretty good. good. Well, Although that's, they that's lost them, to yeah. Evansville. Well, and then they nearly lost last night. The have-nots definitely. Um, I forgot. They, they, lost, they, they escaped by five points. Really? Yes, let me look it up really fast. But well, yeah, was, they, I'm sure that was another non-conference nobody team. Oh, Sorry, no offense to Evansville, but – the have-nots definitely outnumber the haves in the SEC. Yeah, and, and so you know, there's there's a lot of fertile ground there for you know for Mizzou if they can, you know, build a little confidence and yeah. you know, and get a rotation going. And they you know, play a lot of guys. They, uh, do. they have a lot of pe- depth. Depth is good. De- well, yeah. And meanwhile, it, Kentucky, it was Utah Valley. They won by eight points. Oh wow! Who is Utah Valley? I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so hey. I think the SEC is kind of wide open this year. I looked at Kentucky's team, and it's not the John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins yeah. teams of late. That's a beatable I'm team. I'm never going to complain about Kentucky basketball losing, uh, <laughs> or Kansas basketball losing for that matter. Uh, okay, last thing here. I don't have this on the rundown, but I'll spring it on you. What games are you guys excited for high school-wise uh, coming up this Friday, Saturday? Any matchups in particular? DeSmet's going to Kansas City to play Ray Peck. That should be pretty good. Uh, we're we're losing teams here, though. Oh, We've yeah, only got a few like teams five. left. East St. Louis, again, I, they might not allow a point um, mm. on their road to the state championship. Probably They're just not. so dominant. Um, well, they got moved down a, a class, yeah, didn't they? Yeah, they're 6A now. They did. Yeah, they're, they're 6A. So they're just dominating I, I, everybody. I think a game to look out for um, this weekend, Fort Zumwalt North. Yeah. Undefeated. They take on Chaminade. 
Oh yeah, that'll be a really. And it's good. at Chaminade. Yeah, it's at Chaminade. Oh really? So, yeah, so that'll be a really, 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 really good game. And then I think our second best game this weekend, Lutheran St. Charles versus Trinity Catholic. That should be fun too. Trinity Catholic is not the same Trinity Catholic no. as of last year. They don't have Isaiah Williams, Marcus Washington, all those guys, but they still have a plethora of talent over there. They have ten Division One guys on their team. Yeah. So they're capable of doing anything. And then you have Arlen Harris Jr. Man, Whew. that guy's fun to watch. Oh, yeah. He is a lot of fun to he watch. Is. He is, they just give him the ball, just, okay, do your thing. And he just goes and runs over people. And uh, well, the one game I was at, he was pretty much their en- entire offense. But they were up 21 to nothing three minutes in. So that's all they needed. Also, shout out, Mascuda still yeah, hanging in there. Playing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat Joliet Catholic last week. I don't know who they – they got somebody real tough from up north again uh, this next week. So it's only going to get tougher. But it's at Mascuda. I think this is probably the deepest they've gone. I don't – Maybe ever. I don't know. I'm going to throw a name out to you, Chris Jenner, who was uh, what? Who actually went to Illinois. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Oh, not, I'm going to say Chris, Jenner. Chris Jenner. I say, where are you going, Andy? <laughs> Same spelling, believe really? it or not. But, but, uh, but he, was a, he was a terrific athlete, played football and basketball, at, uh, uh, and was recruited to play both sports at, uh, at Illinois. And really? Illinois. And I'll, I'll spring uh, this on all our viewers who are listening right now. Corey, we didn't bring this up, but talking about college basketball, we had a few players last week sign some big-time mm-hmm. letter of intents to play ball. Cameron Fletcher headed yeah. to Kentucky. He said that those losses won't happen when he gets there. <laughs> Luke Kasuki, Davion Bradford, they're both going to Kansas State. So those are some ballers in our area who we'll need to watch out in, uh, for years to come. Bruce Weber yeah. coming back and uh, getting the – Taken away from Mizzou in Illinois and St. Louis. He That's pretty throw, impressive. He didn't throw out all his St. Louis phone contacts. <laughs> he did not. Kansas State's got already got like three or four guys from they St. Have one Louis. Other already, on right? team, yeah, from here. Yeah. So they have three or four guys now. A lot of local talent. Okay, everybody, thanks for tuning in. That's it for this episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. Be sure to download and subscribe. Great review us as well as Andy likes to remind me. Thanks for tuning in. We'll have a new episode.